The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, power horse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to help fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. Plus, when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Time for You Better You Bet. We'll give you an edge to beat the spread and so much more. What do we call that? Wagertainment. It's You Better You Bet from BetQL. Hour three of You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Mark Trumheller filling in for Nick and Ken here on a Friday with you guys for two more hours. For the next hour, we are with you on stadium and go to watchstadium.com if you want to check us out over there. We're still streaming on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. You can listen to us for free on the Odyssey app or Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. Couple of great guests back to back. Johnny Venezia talking college baseball and Cody Zeeb with some bets for the Daytona 500. Busy weekend, Mark, tomorrow. Decent slate of college basketball. We got a top Five matchup at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Marquette at UConn. Huskies favored by seven. The total is 147 and a half. A lot of people, myself included, think UConn's the best team in the country. They're the favorites right now to win the title at plus 650. But Marquette was a two seed last year. They returned the Big East player of the year in Tyler Kolick, who's playing out of his mind. They're red hot. Should be a great one tomorrow in stores. What are your thoughts on UConn Marquette with the Huskies laying seven. 
I like Marquette here. I like the points. I like the dog with the points. I'm going to wait, see if it gets a little higher. You know, maybe be a little bit greedy. See if it goes the other direction, I'll still probably fire on Marquette. But you nailed it. I mean, Kolek's been insane, you know, over 20 points last seven games. Marquette is a whole 7-1 against the spread in their last eight games. The pick and roll's popping. I like what they're doing offensively. UConn's the best team in the country. We agree with that. That doesn't mean they have to win this game, and it definitely doesn't mean they have to cover this big number. So I think there's value you here on the dog i like marquette to show up i think they've been dialed in when you're a team like uconn every team looks at that game and prepares the best they can to give their best effort i think they get marquette's best punch um could they win the game sure i wouldn't play marquette on the money line but i think they keep it competitive you got some good trends to back you uh, if you like Marquette plus seven like Mark does. This season, Marquette 4-0-1 against the spread as an underdog. They're 21-8-3 against the spread as an underdog under Shaka Smart. And dating back to last year, Marquette 6-0-1 ATS in their last seven games as a dog. Uh, the last team to cover as a favorite against Shaka Smart, though, oddly enough, the Connecticut Huskies. So should be a good one tomorrow. Mm. We were talking about it off air. I do like UConn to win the game. I don't know if I'd lay the seven though. And those trends kind of make me nervous too. How good Shaka's team plays as a dog, which you see a bunch, right? Like a team that's been as successful as Marquette has the last couple of years. They're obviously not a dog very often. And they've been playing really, really well in that role. So should be a really good game. Two top five teams. Marquette is as hot as anybody right now. So is UConn. They won like 13 straight games. So should be awesome. I, I would lean towards laying the seven with UConn. If I had to play the game, I would take UConn before I took Marquette, but UConn on the money line, throwing him in a parlay. That is the way that I would go. We both agree. UConn's the best team in the country. Do you like Marquette though? moving forward in the tournament because ever since Shaka took that VCU team to the final four mark, he's really struggled in the tournament. He has, but I think he took some steps last year and I think we're going to see them continue to build. Um, I, I, We'll see how the seedings play out. Like, obviously, Selection Sunday does that. But I don't have those reservations of, you know, they can't get it done in the tournament. Um, I think, you know, this team with the experience with Kolek, uh, you know, I think they'll be solid there. So I like them. And, PJ, you know, I have a solution. You don't want to lay the points with UConn, right? We just had Co- Cody on. What about a little uh, UConn, a money line, Kyle Bush cross-sport parlay? <laughs> Could be, I could be interested in something like that. You know, get get a little extra yeah, bang for your buck. Man, we got so much going on. A little cross sport parlay never hurt nobody. No, absolutely, especially when football's gone. Like you need something to entertain you. Multiple sports. I'm always, uh, I'm always down with that. I do. Uh, yeah, UConn. I just, I don't know if I can lay that seven with though. That's a big number. Marquette. They're they're going to give them their mm-hmm. best effort tomorrow. They did beat them in the Big East. Uh, conference tournament last year too out in msg so those teams know each other well usually good games should be in for another good one tomorrow couple games that interest me tipping off at noon eastern time tomorrow we have bama against texas a&m bama's favored by 10 and a half the total is 157 and a half there is only one team in the sec that nate Oates has not beaten in the regular season 
and that is Texas A&M and Buzz Williams. For whatever reason, it's just the one team he hasn't beaten. Two of those losses have come on the road. Another one of those losses have come at home. Now, I do think Bama wins tomorrow, but 10.5 is a good amount of points with an A&M team that's got a lot of potential. They're like a 10 seed right now. If the tournament started today, this win would certainly go a long way on their resume. So I kind of like the Aggies tomorrow, Mark, to keep it close, plus 10.5. Anything for you in that game? Ooh, I like a good double-digit dog, PJ. I, I think this mm-hmm. is a good spot because and not only you talked about A&M and their ceiling, their potential, you know, how they could show up in a big way in this game. We also have to look at the other side. We have to look at Alabama. Are they strong enough defensively to be able to pull away and cover this big a big of a number? I don't think so. Um, I would probably play, you know, A&M here. I think they can, you know, keep it within, you know, single digits, uh, 10 and a half. We'll see where the line goes. Maybe we even get a better number. But um, I'm probably rolling with the dog here. I'm this Alabama team a little too inconsistent lately for me to lay this kind of number. Yeah, their defense, like you said, I mean, that's the one really weakness of this team because they're really good on offense. They're the number one rated team according to Ken Palm, but defensively they they really struggle. There's a reason that total is 157 and a half. I would probably lean towards the over. Bama's offense is just so good at home and A&M draws a lot of fouls and Bama loves to foul on defense. So I think Bama's ability to score at home, this being like one of those two hour, 20 minute, two and a half hour games just gets drawn out with all the fouls. I think A&M is probably going to hit like 25 free, free throws tomorrow potentially. Wade Taylor, their point guard, great at drawing fouls. I would look at the over as well, but I do like A&M plus the points. I also like Texas Tech plus six and a half against Iowa State. You know, I've been singing Iowa State's praises throughout the week. Sleeper team to watch out for when we get to March. Great defensive team. They're one of those teams that, man, if they can hit shots to go along with their defense, they could be a problem. But this is what what happens, Mark. And, like, these are the spots I love to fade a team. It does feel like... People are starting to catch on to Iowa State a little bit. They're at the top of the Big 12 right now with Houston. They're starting to get some love, coming off of a nice road win against Cincinnati. I think Texas Tech, who played Monday night against Kansas, they're well-rested. I think they can go in there and muck the game up a little bit with Iowa State and uh, keep it within the 6.5. So a couple of early dogs for me tomorrow at noon with Texas Tech plus the points against Iowa State. Any thoughts on that game or any of the other uh, noon games for you tomorrow that you like? Hey, listen, PJ, I know how strong you feel about uh, Iowa State. So if you're not backing them and you're taking the other side, I'm just going to hop along with you. I I think it makes perfect sense. Iowa State not really built the win by margin. So, uh, you know, taking the points here with the dog, it could be a dog, dog, dog Saturday. I like what I'm hearing. It, it certainly could be. I'm pulling up uh, Arkansas's uh, last results, last few results, Mark, because I see they're on the road tomorrow against uh, Mississippi State. And each time I get a chance to fade Arkansas now, I think I'm going to do it. These have been some of their scores here recently that they've played in SEC play. They just lost 92-63 to Arkansas, 95-74 to LSU. They've lost 77-51 to Ole Miss, 90-68 to uh, Florida. Like, they're getting trounced against some of like the middle of the pack to the top tier teams in the SEC. You know, they beat Georgia by three. They beat Missouri by seven. Those are two of the worst teams in the league. But Mississippi State mm-hmm. is another one of those bubble teams. They're at home. Like it's a big number, especially with a team that's like not great offensively. 
Arkansas is just a dead man walking, though, Mark. One of the most disappointing teams this season. They were a top 10 team preseason. This is Musselman's worst year since he's been there in Fayetteville. So it could only be Mississippi State or pass for me. Like, I get it if the big number scares people off, but oh. Arkansas is just a team that I want absolutely no part of right now. So I'm fading them. Um, some other games. I told you off air, Mark, I like Kansas tomorrow. It's a pick them against Oklahoma minus 110. Now, they didn't look great against Texas Tech on Monday night. Got blown out. But they were without Kevin McCuller in that game. If Kevin McCuller plays against the Sooners, I like Kansas. Give me Bill Self off of a blowout loss. In the, in the Big 12 this year, I feel like it's been a good bet when you've taken, like, these funky spreads, right, where, like, Kansas is a dog to Oklahoma and you just take Oklahoma. This game's a pick em. The Sooners have been one of those teams, though, in the Big 12 that haven't won as many of those games. So I, I do like Kansas tomorrow. As long as McCuller plays, I think the Jayhawks win that game. I don't know if I can ride what you hear, PJ. You know, OU's a little bit banged up, so I understand. It might just be a no bet for me, but I can't trust this Kansas team. One in five uh, on the road, their last six Big 12 games. Uh, so I, now they're on the road here against Oklahoma, you know, home after the Baylor loss. Yeah, I understand why the line is what it is. You know, I just don't know if I can get involved. The last time these two teams played back in January, though, Dickinson, McCullers, they dominated the entire game, 45. Uh, they combined for 45 out of the 78 points that Kansas scored. So um, I don't know if OU is going to have an answer for them, especially, you know, if McCullers plays, are they going to be able to stop them? But it's just a game where – I don't know. I can definitely see Oklahoma winning this one. I don't trust Kansas, but I don't know if I want to put my money behind it. It's fair enough. I mean, yeah, it is a pick em, so it should be a close game. Games like that a lot of the times are maybe just better to bet live, and you hope one of the team gets up double digits right at some point, and then you can bet Good the idea. other side. One of the upsets I like for tomorrow, I like Maryland at home against Illinois. Uh, just kind of living in the area, being a Maryland fan, I know that Illinois has struggled at College Park through the years, and this is just a matchup of best on best. I apologize, Jake. Illinois, great offensively. <laughs> Maryland, great defensively. And I like the Terps' defense at home. Uh, way better than I like it on the road. I think they're going to be able to kind of give Illinois some issues. It's one of those weird spreads. Illinois, like in this spot, like they won at Ohio State. They've kind of been winning some of these road games that they should be winning. But I think uh, Maryland tomorrow, I think uh, that that could be a game to watch. So I like the Terps plus the two and a half. I take them to win the game as well. Anything for you on uh, on that Illinois-Maryland game? No, not but not yet. But do you look at it when you look at this game? Like, let's talk about the total, right? We have two contrasting styles. You know, one team heavy offense, one team heavy defense. Do you typically look at hey, the home team is going to be able to kind of control the game, control the tempo? Because you could, you know, look at the game that way. Like, even though if you don't like Maryland, you play the you know the under, you know, because of their defense and how the game plays out. So, is that something that you look at? It is is the total you think correlated in this one? I do. I do. Yeah. And I like how you uh, you set that up just because of the contrasting styles, right? Like Illinois, they're sixth in Ken Palm and offense, Maryland's fifth in defense, right? So if you like Illinois, it's probably going to be a higher scoring game, maybe in the 70s. If you like Maryland, it's probably going to be a lower scoring game. And that's how they want to play. So yeah, I think if you like Maryland, you got to like a lower scoring game because they won't be able to score with Illinois. And on the flip side, if you like the Illini, 
I think uh, taking the over would be the better play. I think if you like Maryland, though, you got to like the under in the game. I don't know if the Terps can win a game in the 70s against uh, against Illinois. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, battle of, uh, of a good offense versus a good defense. Should be a good one tomorrow. Probably my favorite bet, though, of Saturday, I think when it drops, is going to be Kentucky in the first half against Auburn. So Auburn's favored by nine and a half right now. I'm thinking Kentucky's probably going to be like five and a half in the first half. Mark, I can just see how this game plays out. Kentucky's lost their last three of their last four games. All three of those losses have come at home. They just came off another bad loss against Gonzaga. All they hear about is how terrible their defense is. They're going into not only one of the toughest places in the SEC to play, but in all of college basketball. If Auburn played the NCAA tournament at home at Neville Arena, they would win the national championship. They don't lose in that building. But I think because of how potent Kentucky's offense is, the urgency of them wanting to win a big game, I think they come out red hot. I think they take it to Auburn. Wouldn't be surprised if they have the lead at halftime. And then I think they go into the locker room. Auburn wakes up a little bit. Kentucky's defense breaks down. And I think the Tigers come back and win the game. But I do like Kentucky in that first half spot tomorrow. I think they're going to come out and they're going to play a really solid 20 minutes. And uh, I'm thinking we're probably going to get like a plus five and a half for Kentucky in the first half. It's a sharp way to attack it, PJ. For this game, I'm probably going to be looking at the total. I'll have to see the number, see where it's at and, you know, where it moves. But I'm thinking over and I'm thinking, you know, team total over for Auburn. I'm just not sure defensively if Kentucky is going to be able to be physical enough to deal with Broom. I think Auburn at home, you know, can get him involved into those lob passes. I don't think they're going to be able to stop him. And I just think once they get momentum going in this game, which very well could be the second half, PJ, in regards to your first half bet, it's just it's going to be like an avalanche, and Auburn's just going to pull away in this one. So um, I'm probably going to be looking and playing the total in this one, Auburn team total, and the over in the, in the full game. I'll have to look at the numbers, like I said. But I, I really think this Auburn offense is going to be able to do what they please. Yeah, it's they're so good at home. They're so good at home, and they come at you in waves. Game I would be careful of tomorrow, Michigan State. Better be careful going on the road to Ann Arbor. The Wolverines are terrible. But that's obviously an in-state rival, and they're going to want to beat Sparty really bad. Michigan's already beaten Wisconsin on their home floor in the last couple weeks. So we'll see if they can pull off another upset. Zach Badger House joins us next, talking NBA All-Star Weekend. You better you bet presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller here with you, filling in for Nick and Ken. A reminder that we're still over on Stadium. You can go to watchstadium.com, check us out over there. You can continue listening to us on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. We're also streaming on twitch.tv slash betql, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports, and you can listen to us for free over on the Odyssey 
app. We got a couple of great guests coming up. Casey Hudson's going to join us next segment, talk some NHL. But joining us now is Zach Badger House. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach Badger House, NBA content writer for Stadium, co host Points in the Paint podcast, Ben Wittenstein, who we had yesterday on the show. Zach, great having you on, man. Big weekend in the NBA. We got NBA All Star weekend out mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. Is this one of your like favorite weeks of the year as an NBA guy? Do you love NBA All-Star Weekend and everything that comes with it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. From the dunk contest, three-point shootout, all the stars are out, whether it's celebrities or NBA stars, you know, chiming in on a celebrity game or, you know, the rising stars with the young guys. You get to see the future of the NBA. So for me, the All-Star Weekend is definitely like a homecoming, if you will. You ever been like a homecoming where you haven't seen people in a while and then you all get together and it's a good time? That's how I feel like the NBA All-Star Weekend is. It's like a homecoming for all the former players, current players, you know, see some of your, your fans and you see some of your different fan bases and this and that and it's in indiana so it's not too far away from here in chicago so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it zach let's start with the dunk contest right we know the nba is trying Mm -hmm. to get fans back involved in the dunk contest and you know we're talking a little bit off air i love your angle on this one why don't you give it to the people so yeah my pick really for the dunk contest this year he decided to get in. He's a star player. You know, he got paid the big money in the offseason, and that's Jalen Brown, right? So Jalen Brown, he decided to opt in the dunk contest, and I feel that if and when he wins this dunk contest, it will allow other stars to maybe in the back of their mind say, okay, well, maybe this is an opportunity that stars can actually compete on this stage at this dunk contest and a guy like John Morant, he may consider it now or a Zion. He may consider it like those kind of guys are some of the people, the NBA fans, they want to see participate in a dunk contest. And if they even raise the stakes with the money prize, I think that'll really give an opportunity to see more star players in the dunk contest. So I got Jalen Brown. I like it. And you get him at a good price. Plus four twenty five. Mac McClung, no surprise, yes. the heavy favorite at minus 250. All right, so you like Jalen Brown in the dunk contest. What about the All-Star game itself? The Western Conference is favored by two and a half. Obviously, we got a high total. Nobody plays defense. So are you doing anything in the game, or are you just looking at the MVP market for the All-Star game? So for the game, right? Now, this is going to be – this may or may not be funny to some, but for me, right – Doc Rivers coaching the East and the way that the Milwaukee Bucks have been playing their last nine or ten games, I would probably lean towards the West in terms of choosing which team I would pick to win. Doc Rivers hasn't really done a good job, and he probably shouldn't be coaching. They probably should have gave it to someone else. I get that Adrian Griffin was, you know, obviously the coach for Milwaukee Bucks at the time, and so Doc's the replacement in this and that. But I think because Doc Rivers is coaching the East, that the West, led by LeBron James and the crew, will come out on top for the Western Conference and win. And that leads me to my pick for MVP in the NBA All-Star game. I love it, Zach. LeBron takes these. LeBron also takes these All Star games very serious. So I definitely like the West. Yes. Um, who do you think is going to be the MVP here in the All Star game? Oh man, the smooth criminal himself, and that is Shy Gilders Alexander, SGA. I, it's like plus fourteen hundred on BetMGM right now, so it's a nice, juicy number. And I will say this. I know that Anthony Edwards came out and he was talking about how, you know, Chris Finch is obviously going to be the coach for the West. And so he likes threes and layups and SGA. He likes to work that mid range area. So I don't know how Chris Finch is going to like necessarily feel 
about SGA coming up, shooting mid-range pull-ups and getting to the rim and getting to the lane and getting this crossover going. But that's who I got for MVP. It might be a sleeper pick. I know he's probably way down on the list, but I like SGA at like plus 1,400, somewhere around there for uh, MVP of the All-Star game. All right, Zach, so you like SGA for the MVP of the All-Star game. What about MVP in the regular season? Could you make a case? Do you think it's worth a bet on him to catch Jokic and win MVP? I believe so, honestly. And I got to be, if they, if the Oklahoma City Thunder, I believe in team success should matter right now more than ever with the NBA season, right? Because if you look at it, the Oklahoma City has been flooding around the first seed or between the first and the third seed in the West all season. And you got the Nuggets somewhere around hovering one through four. They've been kind of back and forth, including with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I get that. But if there's a scenario where if you look at the end of the season, right, with Oklahoma City Thunder, and if they have the best record in the even in the league, they probably won't be able to catch Boston. But if they have the best record in the West, Oklahoma City Thunder, there's a good case that they should be able to sweep the awards, right? So I believe that if the, if somehow the Thunder were able to get the number one seed, rookie of the year could be Shed Hogan. MVP could be SGA, Cy Gilders, Alexander. Coach of the year could be Mark D. I believe that they should be able to sweep those three awards if the Oklahoma City Thunder come in, execute, coming out of this all-star break and end up the number one seed in the West. I just wholeheartedly believe that those awards should be swept by the Oklahoma City Thunder, including MVP for SGA. Wow, that would be incredible if they ended up sweeping the award word and, you know, Check comes back. And a lot of betters would be happy if Check can come back and win that Rookie of the Year because there's a lot of value on the board. I want to talk to you about the West in general because I think it's fascinating. You know, every year we, you know, we take the Clippers in the preseason and they just end up letting us down. They're not healthy. This year they look like they could win the West and, you know, represent the West in the finals. But, again, you have this new blood in there, which I love to see. You have Minnesota. You have Oklahoma City. How do you see the West shaking out? Do you think Denver can do it again? Or, you know, what teams do you think we should target in the futures market? The Nuggets will most certainly be in the mix, no question, because they have a superstar player in Nikola Jokic who just controls the show. The Minnesota Timberwolves at times this season – have made me not as much of a believer as I once was when the season first started. They have moments throughout the game where they settle for a lot of threes, and at all, and I think that's going to be detrimental for them come postseason when the possessions really, really matter. And so I'm not super sold on Anthony Edwards-led Minnesota Timberwolves, right? But the Oklahoma City Thunder, I know they're a young team, up-and-coming team, not a lot of experience come postseason. But I think they have an opportunity to really make some noise and really have people's eyes come April. So I'm leaning with the Thunder. Obviously, the the favorite probably to come out of the West should be the Denver Nuggets. But I like Oklahoma City Thunder to make some noise. You mentioned the Clippers. And let me tell you something about the Los Angeles Clippers. On the Points in the Pain podcast, make sure you tune into that throughout the weekend. We always talk about how the Los Angeles Clippers have essentially just turned our our heads away. Because at first, those first five, six games, it didn't look good. So we were just chewing those guys out. James Harden, Paul George, and the crew, but not Kawhi. Because Kawhi has played this year. We know the low management has always been an issue. So it's not right now. He has a shoulder injury, but that's okay because he'll probably come back after All-Star 100%. They've played well. They've played well. I expect the Los Angeles Clippers 
to show me something come April and at least escape out of that second round. If they can escape out of that second round and possibly meet up with the Denver Nuggets or at least avoid them in the second round and meet them in the West, I think they'll have a better suit and better opportunity to see them come June. Zach, what are your thoughts on Dallas? They won six in a row heading into the All-Star break. Mm. Luke has been great this year. Kyrie's back. I like the Gafford addition at the trade deadline as well. Could Dallas be a potential sleeper team for you in the West, or do you just think that they're not going to play enough defense? <clears throat> See, the interesting part about the Dallas Mavericks was the trade, right? So when they traded Grant Williams and they brought over Daniel Gafford, and I believe, didn't they get Gordon Hayward too, if I'm not mistaken? Or was that a different team? Did they get Gordon Hayward, Hayward as well? I think Hayward went to another team. I think Hayward went to another team, I believe. Okay. So yeah, I, I know they got rid of Grant Williams. He did? Okay. So I know they got rid of Grant Williams. They brought in Daniel Gafford. They wanted they wanted more defense, right? Remember, that's what you just said. They talked about how they don't play a lot of defense, and that was one of the things that they wanted to at least address coming into the trade deadline. So they got a guy, an energy guy in Daniel Gafford, who in my eyes has played well these, these first like three or four games for the Dallas Mavericks. I, I think the biggest thing is not defense, but the health, right? Like we've seen Kyrie in and out of this lineup, and we don't know what that looks like the whole totality come postseason, right? So I think if we can just get a healthy Kyrie to go alongside with the Luka Doncic, then maybe we can have a better opportunity to resurface that question again come later on in the season where we can look and say, okay, where are they? Are they going to be a team that's in the play-in scenario? Can they escape out of the play-in scenario and hop into that top six? I think depending on where they are and who they match up against is very vital for the Dallas Mavericks. Like if they match, if they match up with the Phoenix Suns, they may have their number, right? They may have their number. Absolutely. So it looks like Hayward did end up with the Thunder. So, um, you know, and more, you know, more reason to like the Thunder here down the stretch. But I want to swing over to the East real quick uh, with you. Boston, obviously, best roster in the conference, possibly best roster in the NBA. But winning in the playoffs is a little different, right? They haven't. It seems like the same issues are still haunting them with being able to close leads at the end of the games. But they are winning a lot of games by margin as well. Is there another team in the Mm -hmm. East that you think, can come out of the East. I know Cleveland's been playing well. The Knicks look good at times with Brunson when they're not dealing with injuries. Is there any value outside of Boston in the East? I know a lot of people are riding high on the Boston Celtics. I get that. I understand that. They're playing relatively well. They're shooting very well from three-point line this year. But I believe they may run into a scenario like the Houston Rockets where they may come into a point in the postseason where they miss 20-some-odd threes in a row. I just think that's the type of team that they are. I really wish my man's Joel Embiid was healthy because a healthy Joel Embiid gentleman, I believe, is going to at least take them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Because I know they haven't made it out of the second round probably since Allen Iverson was wearing a uniform. But I just so wholeheartedly was just confident, gentlemen, that Joe he was going to lead that Philadelphia 76ers team to the Eastern Conference Finals and get them to the mountaintop, passing the Boston Celtics. Now that's not the case. It's to the point now, gentlemen, in the East where it's like you really have to look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. You really have to look at the New York Knicks and say, can they compete with the likes of the Boston Celtics? And my question and my answer to that question is no, because you got the Milwaukee Bucks. They're a complete mess with the whole coaching staff and everything else. They're a mess. You got another team in the Philadelphia 76ers that I just mentioned, Joel Embiid. He's not healthy. And because he's not healthy, I don't believe they'll be able to do as much as they probably would like to do come April unless he turns it around from the meniscus, which leads me to the New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers, gentlemen. The New York Knicks, I'm sorry, New York Knicks fans, but I'm just not so. 
not sold. I really believe that that's a mediocre team that will can escape out of the first round, but I don't know if they'll match up well in the second round, depending on who they get. Cleveland Cavaliers led by Donovan Mitchell. I would actually argue that I like the Cleveland Cavaliers a lot more to advance further in the playoffs than the New York Knicks right now. And I New York Knicks was able to take care of business against the Cavaliers last year in the postseason. But this time around, I think Donovan Mitchell may be looking for some get back if that ever matches up. Zach, we got about a couple minutes left. What about Miami? You mentioned all these different teams in the East, right? We talk about Boston, <laughs> Cleveland, and New York. Miami's just kind of sitting there. They're in the seventh seed right now, but man, we know what a different player Jimmy Butler is in the playoffs. They still got Bam, oh, they still yes. got Hero. Like, would that be the team to watch? Would it be the Miami Heat? I just don't know if now I like the rookie Hami uh, Jaquez or Hami Jaquez, however you say his name. I like that kid. He's in the dunk contest. He's not going to win because it's going to be Jalen Brown. But I like that kid. He does a lot for them. Uh, obviously, Bam out of bio, he's an all-star. He plays extremely well. Jimmy's been in and out of the lineup. And I think a lot of people don't talk about this, guys. But And his name doesn't get attached to these two words. But Jimmy Butler and low management, they should go hand in hand. And a lot of people don't talk about that as much as they should. But these last few seasons, I would make a case that it hasn't been much of Kawhi Leonard doing much low management. I would argue that it's been a lot of Jimmy Butler doing a lot of low management. And because of the low management, you were able to see the Miami Heat do what they did as an eighth seed in the postseason. Now, this time around, I don't know if they may match up against a team that's in that seven to eight mark and they may not get that play-in game in their favor like they did last year. Like, the the Bulls had a lead in that game, right? So, if this time around in the play-in scenario for this uh, the Miami Heat, I don't believe that they'll be able to escape that scenario if they're in it this time around. So, I'm not too sold on that roster. All right, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch how it all unfolds. He is Zach Badger House. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach Badger House, NBA content writer for Stadium. This is a great job with the Points in the Paint podcast alongside Ben Wittenstein. Make sure you go check it out. Zach, great having you on the show, man. Enjoy uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, and and good luck to Jalen Brown. Hope he wins the dunk contest for you. I hope so, too. I really do. I hope so, too. That bet is already in, gentlemen. I hope he comes through for me, SGA comes through for me, and you guys have a good rest of your show, and I appreciate it wholeheartedly for you guys having me on. Absolutely. Great stuff there from Zach. Casey Hudson is going to join us on the other side of the break. Sports betting analyst, content creator for Believe Network, does stuff for us here on the BetQL Network as well. We're also going to talk about NBA All-Star Weekend a little bit with Casey, and then we're going to dive into some NHL as well. One game on the slate tonight. Look at some futures. Also, PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM, filling in for Nick and Ken on this Friday, wrapping up hour number three on the other side of the break. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller. Final segment here over on Stadium, so make sure you go check it out. Watch Stadium 
Mark.com. Mark and I with you until 7 o'clock Eastern time. So still an hour and about 18 minutes to go till the show. And then we'll send it off for BetMGM tonight with Ryan and Nick. You can also continue watching us on twitch.tv slash BetQL, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports, Sirius Channel 160, and Sirius XM 205. Had a lot of great guests on the show today talking a bunch of different sports. Time to talk some hockey now as we bring in Casey Hudson. You can follow her on Twitter at the Sports Case, sports betting analyst, content creator. You can find her on the Believe Network Stadium and right here on the BetQL Network as well. Casey, always great to see you. Only one hockey game tonight. We got the Canes and the Yotes. Carolina, they're big favorites on the road tonight. Minus 225. The total is six. Did you do anything in Carolina and Arizona tonight? Oh, my gosh, of course. You know I don't miss an opportunity to uh, geek out on my hockey. But I thought this game was interesting because the Coyotes finally returned to home ice where they perform a lot better than they do on the road. And they tend to give better teams a run for their money when they're in their home territory. So I think it's going to be a a better matchup than anticipated, but definitely the Canes for the winning. I love Natchez to pick up some uh, money value here for a lot of people watching the game. His average shots on goal right now have kind of been sitting at 3.14, which I love because he's coming clutch for his team, creating some killer passing lanes. And last time these two teams saw each other, he had four shots on goal. It was a big contributing factor. Sebastian Ajo has been tremendous, um, a major money going for him to have an anytime goal tonight. And of course, you got to give some love to the Yotes. I like Schmoltz, Nick Schmoltz specifically, to uh, kind of pick up on the power play pointage there. He leads the Yotes when it comes to power play goals. That has been quite consistent, and he's definitely on fire when he's playing on home ice and gets those power play opportunities. Casey, I want to talk about some of the divisional futures. One that I think is pretty fascinating is Vancouver, the surprise of the season in the Pacific, have a big lead over Edmonton and Vegas, but Edmonton's playing so well recently. And Vegas learned last year you can never count them out, right? Ended up being Stanley Cup champions. But so do you think there's value on either Edmonton at plus 650 or when you're looking at Vegas at plus 700 just because Vancouver, you know, do they have staying power at the top of this division, even though they have a big lead? You know, I'm very high up on the Canucks. And the hard part about saying that now is that it kind of just seems like you're jumping on the bandwagon of the Canucks. But I feel like they made a tremendous move at the trade deadline. I got a chance to talk with PJ about this. But that aside, their goaltending. I mean, Demko has been tremendous and he just increasingly gets better. Their defense is now starting to restructure a little bit to where they're not focusing to be so offensive defensive. But they're starting to protect their net a little bit more. They're starting to help out their goalies. So if they continue trending in this direction, they're going to be a hard team to beat. But if I had to choose between the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights, I'm leaning Vegas all day. Vegas showed us that they have everything it takes to return to the Stanley Cup. The biggest difference is the injuries that they faced. I mean, we didn't see Aiden Hill for weeks, if not months. Then when we thought he was finally healthy to return, it was kind of like a psych, not yet situation. Their dominant fourth line got really banged up. Their top defenseman, who definitely helped them win that cup, um, missed some time. So now those pieces are starting to fall back into line and if everybody gets healthier on the same time we're looking at another run for the Vegas Golden Knights so I would never count them out something about the Oilers I just can't fully lean on quite yet they've cleaned up the units in their game I'm happy for them in that accord but just kind of seeing where they've got boxed out the past few weeks I can just see either the Vegas Golden Knights the Canucks or some of these other teams superseding them and the Stars are always sneaky good and sitting on the shoulders of whatever team is out west rising 
Now, Casey, we only got the one game tonight. We have a ton of games tomorrow. I know one that you're going to be locked into for sure is the Panthers and Lightning game. Now, your Bolts are home dogs tomorrow at plus 110, which you don't see too often. Florida's playing great hockey as of late. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Would you pick a side? The total's at six. It's juice to the over. Your thoughts on uh, Panthers-Lightning tomorrow? Yeah, this is one, a tough one to pick. I caught a lot of heat earlier today because when discussing uh, the the rising team of the East, I, I picked the Panthers because they're doing everything right. Um, but when it comes to this matchup, we had a game last night. I got a chance to talk with Steven Stamkos, and he just mentioned the fact that it left a bad taste in their mouth the last time they saw this Florida Panthers team. They were kind of very much in the game, and then it got away from them. And they've made a lot of corrections since then, especially in their D zone. Their defensive structure has changed. Young guys have stepped up, so we're going to look at a very intense battle. They had their number during preseason, so if anything on home ice, the Bolts continue to kind of have this tremendous streak. I think that they can convert because of that and because of the changes that they've made, um, but it gets really physical. It depends on which team plays more discipline when it comes to the Panthers and the Bolts, and I think the Bolts just kind of have the wherewithal to draw the right penalties, execute on the power play, and remind the Florida Panthers that it's their home ice, but I like the over on this one, um, regardless of how good both goaltenders are these pucks just tend to sneak through when the competition is this high and of course you can never count out a point streak for Nikita Kucherov and I actually like Anton Lundell over for the Panthers he just tends to come in so hot for this Panthers team when you get to the second half of the season so he's a guy to look out for uh, to pick up some points tomorrow night probably Casey, let's swing over to the Metro. Um, I'm a Flyers fan. I know it's not our division to win, but very happy with what we've seen this year so far. But I don't want to see the Rangers win the division either. Canes are plus 180 to catch the Rangers in the standings before the end of the regular season. Is there any value there? Yeah, I actually think there's tremendous value there. We're starting to see this Rangers team kind of hit um, they're doing great with points, but we're seeing some panicking in some aspects where if Shesterkin's between the pipes, you don't know which way the game is going to, to swing, and they're relying very heavily on their veterans. If it's not for Chris Kreider pulling through or um, Adam Fox doing what he does so well, sometimes the game is kind of left in lull for this team, and they're struggling to generate an offense and get much going in first periods. They're picking things up and having these ridiculous second periods. I think last night they had four goals in the second period, and they've been very consistent in that sense. But the Hurricanes, they're starting to get the components together. Their biggest thing is um, Kachekov. His style of playing between the pipes, he plays a little far ahead, and guys with speed can beat him and get pucks past him. If they make these adjustments when it comes to goaltending or you know, if Anderson has a chance to get back in the lineup, then you're looking at a team that's now locking down how many pucks get past them. They've now gotten below allowing three goals per game, and their scoring is getting higher. Their special teams is getting sharper, and they're really good in the face-off circle. So they're really starting to kind of check a lot of boxes to where they can pass a Rangers team that is very fiery and has a lot to offer, but is kind of hitting some inconsistent streaks that could catch up with them in these next 30 days. Now, Casey, speaking of those Flyers, they're taking on the Devils tomorrow in one of those stadium series games, and they've obviously been doing this for, for a good amount of years. Anything like we should know betting-wise, like difference between the outdoor games to the indoor games, are there any like trends? Like are they lower scoring? Is there more like penalties? Is there any advantage to take when the games are outside opposed to inside? 
Yeah, I'd say definitely usually on the lower scoring side, aside from what we saw in the Winter Classic for the most part. Um, and plus, going against the Flyers right now, they're one of the top defensive teams in the league. So something to be excited about, Mark. Um, but also, penalty kill-wise, I mean, they lead the league in shorthanded goals, which is not an easy thing to do. So just seeing what they can do defensively. Then you're going against a Devils team that high offensive power, but they still let up a lot of goals. I think that this is going to end up being high scoring, which you can tend to see sometimes with outdoor and then the penalties you know you're playing outside you're playing that freestyle of hockey uh, you're going to see a little bit more looseness when it comes to uh, controlling your stick um, you're going to see a little bit more temperament especially when you're playing the flyers like any got anybody that plays against towards teams in for a physical matchup so i would definitely check out the penalties special teams should be a huge factor and going against this flyers defense right now is uh, a work of art travis konecki has been tremendous he's one of my favorite guys i wanted him to be an all-star last year he finally got the chance and he's been so consistent um jack hughes who's now starting to chirp a lot more he's always in the point factor there um brat is amazing and to to Foley is one of my favorite players who ended up now hanging out over by the Devils. So I definitely like the high scoring. I like the special teams to be impactful. Check out points when it comes to the power play uh, for the Devils. I love it. And quick betting fact for everybody. Flyers are 5-0 and when I'm in attendance, and I am going to be in attendance at that stadium <laughs> series game. So excited about that one. But it'll be the first road game, so who knows. But let's shift over to the awards, Casey. I um, want to talk to you about the Vezina Trophy. You talked about Demco early, earlier. Um, any goalies that we should be targeting there? Yeah, I mean, Demko's definitely right there. Um, we know that the Bruins have two of the top goalies in the league, and Shesterkin and Quick have been a part of the conversation. I think what Jonathan Quick has had the opportunity to do with the Rangers this season is just um, something that be should be illuminated a lot more. And you can see how, how dominant his presence is, not only because of his experience, but of his consistency. Um, and if the Rangers tend to get over their own cursed hump, it's going to be Jonathan Quick that gets them there. So I love the conversation around Quick. Of course, Demko, because I think he's tremendous. Robowski has picked up where he left off when he led his team into the Stanley Cup final for the Florida Panthers. Um, and... I, I think some of the Bruins goaltenders have fallen off just a little bit. And if Aiden Hill can get healthy in this last swing, he's always somebody to talk about. But Jonathan Quick and Demko are sitting top of my list right now. Casey, got about a minute left. Connor Bedard returned from injury the other night. Obviously, he was number one overall pick. There were a ton of expectations. Even though he's been injured and we've gotten a small sample size, like what have people around the league said? Is, is he kind of living up to the hype of what we've seen out of him? Yeah, beyond living up to the hype. I have to eat crow here for a second and say that for a minute, I was just like, let the kid get into the league, get his footing, feel things out. Um, don't put the pressure of 30 goals on his first season. And he's been mind blowing. If not for Connor Bedard, we don't even know how many wins the Blackhawks would actually have this season. Um, getting to see him in person twice has been tremendous because he plays with so much confidence. You would almost think that he's been in this league for at least three years. He doesn't mind shouldering the weight and the responsibility. Um, he's very, very smart when it comes to his hockey IQ, and he's still always learning. He hangs back after practice. He's working one-on-one -on -one with veterans. He's living up to the hype, and I think he's going to come back in and pick up where he left off. I mean, the kid wanted to be on the ice practicing with a broken jaw. I don't know what more uh, shows dedication and compassion for this league than, than that. 
It's a hockey guy right there. Wanting to play with the broken jaw. Casey Hudson at the Sports Case, sports betting analyst, content creator. You can find her on the Believe Network Stadium and right here on the BetQL Network. Casey, great stuff as always. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Power Hour of You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.